Welcome to Any Music Podcast, episode 306, discussion of mid-side processing techniques. Any Music Podcast now has a Patreon at patreon.com slash indie underscore musiccast. And we invite you to become a member for exclusive benefits. For next to nothing per month, you can get members-only podcast video, early access to upcoming episodes, merch, and more. This morning, Matt and I get together for coffee and discuss some techniques around using mid-side processing in your signal chain. A little bit about what mid-side actually is and approaches for using it for your stereo image. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Hey, good morning. That took a lot of effort to get here this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like my yesterday when I uh, had to update my system and well, it took a lot longer than I expected to restart. How's it going? Good, good. <sighs> I haven't, uh, haven't talked to you much this week. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah, I just kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've been focused on uh, some certain things and, and didn't, have, uh, didn't have RAM available for everything that was going on. So <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's only so much you can, one can handle at a time. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> or you for know, a, a period of time, and, rather. And social is usually the first thing to like get uh, thrown off to the side, and yeah, and then my notifications were off the wall, and I was, I was like, you know, so I I got to get away from my phone, so I just <laughs> put my phone away, and and uh, I was just kind of in focus mode this week. There was just a lot going on that I had to. I hear you, but anyway, <laughs> not bad. Make sure you give your team a heads up so we don't think <laughs> something bad has happened. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I appreciate your worry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but things are okay. Yeah. Okay so now? what's up my fellow content creator? Are you what is up? Oh, I don't know. It was just, uh, it was kind of a scattered week for me here and, uh, just wrapping up some loose ends on some projects and looking forward to kind of a reboot. I actually, I can't believe it. We're almost two weeks away from March already. It's kind of hard to wrap my head around. <laughs> January took so long. January was like a year long. Yeah. <laughs> and then February is like, oh, it feels like it's already almost gone. I don't understand what's going on here. It's almost springtime. <laughs> well, it's spring here. I mean, we got uh, we got irises coming up. We got oh, daffodils. Wow. The calla lilies are starting to bloom. I mean, it's we got and I I mowed the lawn for the first time yesterday. I mean, it didn't it didn't fully need it, but patches of it really were too high. I don't I don't understand why it's all patchy, but. Like, yeah, like part of it was like six inches tall and <laughs> the rest of it was not. Yeah. First, I was glad the lawnmower started. <laughs> so yeah, it feels like spring here. I'm sure it's not quite sunny and 70 where you are. Oh, no, it's, uh, we got, it's snowing and uh, it's really, really cold out. Gonna, snowing. Snowing. Ah. Going to make uh, chilly today. And mm. Do the Super Bowl thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you going to put your chili into a Super Bowl? Probably a very Super Bowl, <laughs> but no, no, that was really bad. Um, <laughs> I <don't expect> that. <laughs> it's early. Um, so what are we talking about today, Doug? Oh, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about, and I didn't have time to set up, but, um, you know, there's something that I think is really cool. And, and, um, it's, if you have, um, 
an audio processor that has mid-side capability on it mm-hmm. and it has mid-side queuing. It's not so much I want to talk about mid-side in and of itself, but it's uh, um, the technique of, of using mid-side queuing to help you isolate and, and EQ uh, the material that you're working on. I'm sure you've done it, but I wonder if you've really paid attention to how powerful it is. When you say mid-side queuing, uh, I, I feel like you're saying you're making something wait for something else. Um, or, or are you talking about EQ? No, talking about queuing. So uh, where you're actually uh, queuing the mid or queuing the side. So that's all you're hearing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so in in a quick summary before I even you know talk about it is is to go through an EQ and stereo and left and right before you mm-hmm. before going into mid. This is well, this is kind of the way I think of it. You can do it however you want, but but I like to uh, just play the material in native stereo and, uh, and do an EQ pass on it. And, mm-hmm. and then I like to go ahead and flip it over into, in the mid side and just kind of listen to what, what's going on, maybe make a few tweaks, but then I, uh, I use the mid side cueing, which then isolates either the mid or the side. So, um, I can, oh, I see what you're so then I'll isolate the mid and, I'll EQ the mid completely separate of, cause I'm not even hearing the sides at that point. I'm only hearing the mid mm-hmm. and then I'll isolate the sides separate of the mid and I'll EQ the sides independently. And then I bring all that back together and you'd be amazed at how different that is. If you ate, if you like did a bounce before you did that process and the difference in, in your EQing, um, because you bring that back together and you basically sum those differences uh, back in when you enable uh, both both mid-side. Right. You're no longer in queuing mode. And I just have had really good results doing that. And I thought I wanted to kind of just share that. If you hadn't, if you haven't tried that before, you probably have the tools. Um, I do it in, a, mm-hmm. in the um, analog domain, but uh, digital tools will do this too. And yeah, any any EQ that's got mid side processing, and and this isn't just for EQ either. So it could be for compression or or something along those lines right. too. So, but anyway, that's that's been a really powerful uh, processing technique for me. Yeah, I feel like I want to define terms. I know we've talked about mid side processing in the past, but you know because people can always come to this out of order. So the standard kind of standard way of thinking about music is in a stereo field where you have left and right. <laughs> just backwards. This is my right. This is my left. You have a left signal and right signal, and they're brought together into a stereo pair, which is your two track. And then mid side is a different way of thinking about it, where you have all your mono information as your mid, and then the sides is anything that's different from your mono information. And it's a completely way of doing it. And one of the one one technique to get um, better balance and good stereo with is to EQ your mid and your sides such that the side information is a little more high and a little more spread and then and the the mid information is more um your mono stuff is more your kind of your like your you know your kick your snare uh, and everything and if you eq them separately you can get both a more focused middle and a more spread side with uh with not so much effort does that sound about right yeah there's a it's not Immediately, this is something that I actually need to like reference, but the, the mid is, I think the mid is actually like the sum of either the left or the right in the middle and, and the side is like the difference of, Mm -hmm. 
the right and the middle or something like that. I'm actually trying to look it up here, but I, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's a little hard to, it's more hard to explain than it is to show, unfortunately. But what happens is when you sum, when you sum your stereo pair to mono, there's a, a lot of stuff that's basically duplicated in the sides um, in, a, in a stereo pair. And the stuff that's in the middle is stuff that's present in both left and right channels. And so when you EQ them as mid and side rather than as a stereo pair, you can isolate the mono information in the middle from the side from the stuff that's different than the mono information, and that's how what you perceive as the width basically is the is um, the side portion. And a lot of a lot of plugins now have added MS or mid side processing that weren't available, even if they're a, a hardware emulation that basically weren't available in the original hardware. Uh, mid side has become a thing in the last few or several years to start adding that feature to um, even plugins that are emulations of hardware where it didn't exist in the original hardware because that's the way that people like to work and they like to give that as an option now um, to do mid side processing in EQs and as you say also in um, compressors and uh, there are some plugins even free ones that will allow you to do mid side processing uh, just by itself uh, I think uh, Voxengo has a MSED free plugin that allows you to do mid-side processing. And that's a, that's a free plugin. They have some good stuff. Yeah. That's a really good explanation. So, um, you know, other than I'm not exactly sure uh, of what the mathematical calculations of determining mid-side mm -hmm. is without going, I think the guy's name was uh, like Alan Blumenshine or something like that, who uh, was the creator of, uh, of mid-side. And mm -hmm. uh, this was actually back in the, what the, the fifties or something like that with the development of stereo. Um, so th mm. this is related to the, the originations of stereo. And, and before any of our digital tools, you know, it, it's a recording technique to actually create a, a mid-side uh, recorded audio, um, mm. which involves the use of, of two different microphones and, you know, one being like a, uh, a figure eight polar pa pattern mic and the other one being a, uh, like a cardioid. And, uh, one of them facing forward, like the cardioid, and then the Polar 8 pointing out to the side. So that Polar 8 microphone would be capturing your side signals with the cardioid right up the middle, capturing your mid signals. And then in the mix, they combine those, uh, you know, and then had individual control over, over that stereo field. So that's kind of the mm -hmm. premise of what, you know, in an actual recording. In digital, it's actually emulating that. It's, 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 kind of deconstructing the signal and, and finding things that are in the sides and, and, you know, and signal that's up the middle and then making it so that you can then manipulate the mids and sides through a digital process mm -hmm. when, cause you often probably don't have mid side recorded audio, you know, where it's just, right. uh, uh, just simply recorded with regular mics and panned and, and done conventionally in your, you know, in a, in the mix. So um, it's probably, yeah, I want to say that it's the, they basically for the, for the mathematical version, the digital version, they basically decide the difference between what's in the re left and right channel equally is the middle. And then what's different. The, the, the Delta is the size. Right. I think that's how they do it as a simplification anyway. So anyway, with that and, and being able to have that, uh, uh, differentiation between your mids and sides allows you to isolate them and then work on them separately. So it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of nice, especially in mastering, because it, it gives you that a uh, bit more surgical detail to work with 
And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very, you know, mid it's a subtle thing. And if you find yourself that it, really making large changes in this, in the mastering context, and then, then it may not be going well for you, but, uh, um, <laughs> Agree. You know, <laughs> stuff should be fixed in the mix yeah. before it gets. But but it's <laughs> so nice that. when it uh you know with the subtle change and the things that come together and and how the mix just sort of blooms um when mm-hmm. when you bring this together and uh because when you're when you're EQing the entire signal and don't take into consideration that you've got differences and and so you've got maybe a lot more low end in your mids than you do your sides and if you're EQing uh, a lot of information that's touching the the bottom end of your sides, then you may not be right. doing it justice, you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, I wanted to share that as a technique to consider um, in your mixes or your masters as uh, uh, to take a look at the tools that you have and see if they've got the functionality for you to be able to queue out mid or side and then work on them independently because um, it's really nice. And on my analog piece, you know, I just have a toggle switch and I can cue either side and I work on them independently. And then when I bring them back, you know, and I can actually A, B, mid to side and then back to full mix, um, mm. you know, which is really, I think it's really powerful. That is cool. I can see how, uh, how for me, I've used it more, as you say, in a mastering context, because um, let's say I have, a, let's say I'm working on a mix and I have, uh, you know, 30 tracks and you know like maybe four of those are guitars and they're spread wide and i can each i can eq each one of those guitar tracks individually i can affect the low end i can affect the middles and the high end um but once you're down to a two track like a like in a mastering context and all you have is a stereo pair basically um, then mid side processing really kind of gives you more find control over elements that you can't pick apart so easily because you don't have the individual tracks anymore, you, but you can um, use it to work on width and, uh, you know, bottom end, uh, the low end information separately without really, as you say, affecting, for instance, say maybe the spread guitars. If you change it from mid to side, instead of working on it as a stereo pair, then you can work on the low end without so much affecting what's the what's what's wide to say in your in your guitar's track but you don't have the guitar track to work on those individually so that's i think that is a good a good example of when it becomes um, powerful to use the mid-side processing as opposed to working on stereo eq are you still looking something else? yeah yeah i was trying to bring up uh, i was trying to bring up something in my session recall and uh, uh without giving away se- session information where i could show my oh, analog. I was piece. trying to keep. T- I was trying to cover for you. Yeah, but continuing to talk. My machine is running like so freaking <laughs> slow. It's you uh, know uh, it's not letting me load. Is it doing a backup or something? I don't, Sometimes no, no. Start, like, they start doing. Maybe stuff it wants me to create a new session. I don't know what the heck. Yeah. Anyway, that's. <laughs> I was going to screen share here in the video, but it's not working out. So, were you working on something this week that made you think that that was something you wanted to talk about, or did you have something specific that you wanted to to impart? Um. I'm just curious. No, it, it, it's kind of a, something that I always do. And I, I, I just thought that it was kind of a cool thing that I wanted to share. If I hadn't already, I don't recall, but um, as a neat technique that uh, I think improves the work that I do. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it might be useful to, uh, to others, you know, and obviously we're not covering details here. So if you have questions, you know, hit us up, you know, in our uh, social channels or on Patreon and, uh, you know, we can get into a deeper dive on it. 
I also yeah, I'd be curious because I want to hear how whether people are using it and how they're using it, and or whether it's new to them and just kind of it'll be a really great kind of jumping off point for an actual discussion with people who are out in the field, you know, working on their own mixes and masters and and what they're doing with this kind of stuff. Yeah. So you got a you got a nugget to share? Do I have a nugget to share? Yeah. I do not have a nugget to share about midside processing. Um, I do tend to no, not about I'm midside mid- about anything. Oh, yeah, about anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you had 12 hours to prepare come on oh um yeah and that 12 hours uh no i've been trying to get my business taxes so we got this tip on prepared. opening a bourbon bottle you see and um uh the tip is to buy bottled and bond which is, yeah uh, which has specific specific characteristics it has to be 100 proof it has to be you know um uh, bottled under the watchful eye of, uh, you know, somebody who's an inspector and, uh, I've never met a bottled and bond bourbon that I didn't like. It's always, that's always like the better stuff. Well, even old, even the lower stuff, old granddad, Evan Williams, you buy the bottled and bond. You can't go wrong. So I think this is leading from like mixing to mixers. Okay. (laughs) Agree. No, I had a I had a Manhattan last night for the first time in a while. My father in law likes to premix his Manhattans, and then he keeps it in the in the freezer in an old Jim Beam bottle. And then when he wants a Manhattan, he just pours one out. And so that's what he gave me for Christmas was a bottle of his premixed Manhattan. It was pretty good. We are so far off topic right now. <laughs> Leave it to Matt to hey, you brought keep us on the middle of the road here. <laughs> Keep it on the mid. We're trying to mids, keep it on the mids. Or <laughs> see strain to the sides. Listen, I'm I'm pulling everything I can out here to try and get this back on the on the tracks. Uh, <laughs> tracks, tracks, you know. So on the tracks. <laughs> Missed my mid side joke. Mids tracks. So have you been? Uh, yeah, the, the project I've been working on this week is a. Um, I'm working on a mix for uh, our friend Allison. It's a it's a cello instrumental. That we've added some rock drums to it's very uh very cool yeah. very interesting i'm i i i did apply a a a plugin that has uh that does mid-side processing and uh gave the the cellos some more spread that's the um the the brainworks bx digital eq which uh it is basically made to do mid-side and it's very the, the coolest thing about it is that anytime you touch one of the parameters it solos that parameter temporarily so that you can hear exactly what it's doing in that in that um space and then as soon as you stop touching it it goes back to the full mix it's pretty neat oh cool yeah one you know something about mid-side processing is that i have i have dumped all of my stereo imaging plugins in favor of uh achie- really? achieving stereo image through, via a mid-side processing well that's impressive to hear yeah i don't like them um and uh and i really like the um the 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 image subtleties that come from from the mid-side processing i think are always more desirable than digital artifacting and things like that that are uh that tend to occur with the you know with the digital stereo image plugins now let me ask you this because um since it sounds like you obviously work in it a lot more than i do i tend to think of mid-side processing as kind of and then maybe this is the wrong way to conceptualize it it's kind of having a crossover point the way that you do when you add a uh, like a, a subwoofer and you have to think about where your crossover point is, where your subwoofer enters, you know, your EQ range and where that point 
matches the rest of your EQ curve, you kind of have to worry that there's something lost in that, that space where they cross over. And that can even happen with your, your regular monitors. There's a crossover point. But I'm curious, is there such a thing as kind of like a crossover point where you feel like missing, say, some mid-range information because you've EQ'd something uh, differently in the sides and the mid-channel? Oh, I, I don't think so, because uh, what, what I think in most simple terms, we're talking about how things are panned, and mm-hmm. um, and they're either going to be uh, a no panning, so they're directly up the middle, or they're going to be combined uh, into some percentage of panning of left and right, which means that uh, the information exists both in the mid and the sides. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- that that's, not, that's not to say that, you know, unless you did something like specifically, like you said, okay, I'm going to, which I've never done anything like this, but I guess you, you could figure out a way is I'm going to take everything below 250 and I'm going to send it to the mids off of this, uh, this bass track, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, but anything 250 and above where you're actually splitting frequencies and I'm going to send that to the sides. I've never done anything like that, but I, I'm, I think that would be the only time where you would be like having the, uh, chance to to lose some frequencies through your EQ cuts or something like that um, mm-hmm, when you actually mm-hmm. divide up a signal. But when uh, you're sending out the signal unaffected that way, unprocessed that way, it's you're getting you know 30% panning or something like that. So you've got this, you've got the uh, the information exists in both places. So if you EQ it right. out of one place, it's still there. And that's going to be a matter okay. of what your taste is. You haven't lost anything. Um, mm-hmm. It just may not be in the image where you want it. And right. uh, and that may also relate to, well, it's in my left and right channels, which don't handle as much bass up, uh, as my center channel does, you know, which might, mm-hmm. you know, be sub or something like that. You know, if you're running um, like a 2.1 system or something like that. And so, mm-hmm. which I usually am. Uh, you are usually yeah. running a 2.1. And, uh, but I, I still intend to hear bass and my mains still reproduce bass low. And Mm -hmm, so I can hear if something has gone away or something like that. But I think that uh, you're not really at risk of losing something unless you have done something intentionally to divide up the signal of your source, uh, to, to where it's going in the mid side. So, yeah, that makes sense. I think maybe I've been misconceptualizing it that way. Yeah. Just, you know, the, the whole signal's going it, when you're, if you're not fully panned, but you're a percentage of panning, the whole signal's going both to the mids and the sides. It's, right. it, but at different what levels, and mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, so if you're if you're thirty percent uh, panned left, then you know you've got what seventy percent up the middle and thirty percent on the on the left of uh, of one side of a channel. If it's a stereo track, you know, and you're doing mm-hmm. thirty right, you know, so you're still have all the um, the source audio information in both channels. Yeah, that makes sense. I had another question. I totally forgot. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was related to that. And oh, but you still sum down to mono to check what it sounds like a mono, even if your processor mid-side, right? Yeah, I do. Or do you still do that? I, yeah, I, no, I, I, I do that still. And um, I just do a quick mono check. Um, so I don't actually do like a... Uh, a sum, 
or bounce mm-hmm. to mono or anything like that. But uh, oh yeah, no, I don't do that. Either. Um, but yeah, I just have a mono button on my uh, monitor controller that I use, or I can use yeah. the mono button in my uh, in my DAW. Yeah, I have a I leave a plugin on my two bus um, set to mono, and I leave it you know I leave it off until I want to do a mono check. Do you find and maybe you don't remember, but do you find that you with mid side processing you are less likely to get uh, to have the phase problems that you get when you work in stereo sometimes in terms of phase cancellation and in terms of mono compatibility? Do you find that? Working mid-side makes it a truer, a better like mono compatibility than working stereo. I think in comparison to stereo imaging plugins, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I do feel like stereo imaging plugins is where you can easily and without knowing you're running the trouble I don't know with, that, uh, phase. I don't know that there's a difference between just, just mastering stereo versus uh, uh, working mid-side you know, in the mm-hmm. master, I don't, I don't, I really don't know that there's a difference related to, uh, to issues with phase and things like that, um, that I've experienced anyway. No, it's a, it, once I kind of got the feel for kind of working in, uh, in MS, then it just became better and better. It's, it's something that I really enjoy doing. Actually, uh, you know, I, I look, um, it's, I just like it cause there's so much, I don't know, you, you get some immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, from that, I always find that there's, you know, I have uh, get some kind of improvement um, that I was looking to get, uh, mm-hmm. you know, working it, with it that way. So then and it, it's always like it, I'm getting what I had hoped to achieve with the stereo plug in originally that I never really got. And, you know, where I'm getting that subtle image, but I have con- the control of, mm-hmm. of what's actually going on, you know, because creating a stereo image is create it's basically done by creating a difference. Okay. Right. You know, that, that's really all it is. It's really simple. Okay. So, uh, where are you on your sides versus your mid? What does your mid need? Work with them independently. I always start with them the same. That's why I always start with the stereo, Mm -hmm. with stereo processing before I do mids because then I have them the same and then I do them independently and that just, and whatever, it's not like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bump up the bass and this and that um, to get a difference. It's not like that at all. I get them the, the same to where it sounds good to my ear. And then I go in and I cue them independently and I, I keep them independent from that point on. And mm. then the stereo image just sort of kind of blooms out of that. And, yeah. um, and so it's not really a, uh, an intentional move to increase the stereo image. It's an ag- oh, okay. organic thing that occurs as a result of working mid-side independently because you're creating differences. Okay, you know? that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna you, I'm gonna try that the not, next time when, I master something. When you do I'm the process on EQ and compression, you know, and you do that and uh, the idea is to do it in a few different layers. Don't try to uh, do sure. it all at once. And and that um some of differences that uh that you get through your entire signal chain is what you end up with uh, what I think if, if done well, uh, a really nice stereo image that occurs mm-hmm. organically out of it without having to do any digital processing to achieve it. Yeah, I like I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna the next time I master something, I'm gonna work on focus on the mid side and and see if I can get a different result. Yeah, just do, just start with I I suggest starting with EQ because you'll it's it's easier to hear um, than compression. Sure. And uh, and get it mm-hmm. and get an ear for it first of of what's going yeah. on 
you know, and then once you feel comfortable working with it, with a, um, you know, with an equalizer, then, then start trying to then add in the, your uh, midside in your chain with your compression and, yeah. and play with that. Compression can be harder to hear. The, the results of compression can be harder to hear yeah. in general. So yeah, definitely and it may be because you really need to be thinking. Well, why am I going to uh, midside in compression? And you might be like, I really want to tame something. There's something mm -hmm. specific about um, mm -hmm. what's up the middle versus on the sides, and you know. So it just it depends on the track and what and what the track needs. You know, if uh, you know, call something out. What 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 kind of transient is bothering you? Um, you know, or you know, because you don't really want to like. I mean, maybe you need some compression on the base to fill it up or something like that, but you're probably not dealing with bad transients down low unless it's, uh, well, no, you're probably not. Because even if you got a, a really strong, you know, click on the kick drum or something like that, you're going to be dealing. Yeah, that's going to be higher. Yeah. Um, 4,000, 8,000. You know, so there's, there's a difference right there that, you know, um, uh, between the mids and sides where you, you might be really working that, uh, the, the the mids and uppers uh for that click and uh for the higher end of the of the of the bass register or something like mm -hmm. that versus not even touching that in the mids you know um right so it, you know kind of the differences just happen but that's why i like to that's why i like to do both sides in stereo do stereo first and then work out from there and when you isolate then it makes it easy because it just kind of happens you end up with differences from side to side you yeah. know, because you're working with them independently and then your, your stereo image just sort of happens and you can certainly go for creating differences intentionally mm -hmm. to, you know, thinking in stereo image, but I don't really ever do it that way because it, it, it's kind of counterintuitive to trying to improve the, the audio, the sound of the audio. Uh, if I'm, if I'm EQing for the sake of let's get a stereo image, then mm -hmm. I haven't really done that for what I think is a good reason, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and it's not very often that the, the, the EQs ends up the same on side to side. So there's always some kind of difference. In right. it. it may be subtle, right. but that's an interesting distinction. Um, because, uh, again, I haven't thought of it that way. So what you're saying is you don't go in going, okay, I'm going to use mid side processing to make this sound wider, but you use mid side processing to make it sound better. And as a result, it generally, because of the way it affects audio, makes it sound wider. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's cool. And um, and and it usually doesn't all happen in a single stage of your of your chain. It's it's mm. kind of stacking that uh, really brings that uh, you know for the stereo image. So if you don't worry about focusing on stereo image and just worry about EQing your signal mm -hmm. and you know and then do that in midside and do it in several steps of stacked um and that could be you know that could be all analog that could be digital analog it could be all digital but in in a, in a series of stacked processing steps in your chain then you will end up with uh, a wider stereo image in the end it's inevitable yeah, I feel like I want to do some experimentation now on mid-side versus dual mono and see how that uh, changes the way it's perceived in stereo. Yeah, but hey, I, I have to call it a day. I've, I'm, I don't mean to uh, call no, it, but I've got. I, think we're good. I was running behind, and then I've got a I've got a hard stop here. So, um, and so if you don't mind, uh, you can carry no, on though if you want to keep going. <laughs> I, think that, I think that we covered our bases here. Okay, uh, from the size to the mid and back. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm good. 
Okay, right on. Yeah, because I got a um, well. I've <laughs> literally I have a meeting in nine minutes. So okay. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, enjoy, thanks you too. Uh, your Super Bowl and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> um, thanks, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for checking us out. And thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, I hope you uh, um, got something out of that and definitely hit you know either one of us up uh, to for questions or comments or ideas or whatever the case. So. Or let us know what you're doing and, yeah. and start a discussion about uh, how you use mid-side processing or whether you've used it at all. Yeah. I mean, we could, you know, mid-side processing sucks, you know, so. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to hear that. <laughs> let's, let's dive into that. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Have a great day. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Cheers. All right. See you later. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating.